It was a game guys didn't want to play. There wasn't the speed, the chance to showcase their power and strength. Volleyball was their last choice, leaving space for women to give it a go. But that didn't last as the sport grew. We'll find out how gender played in the development of volleyball in the province on this episode of Voices of Alberta Volleyball, a 10-part podcast series exploring how volleyball grew to become a popular sport, who contributed to its success, and the challenges overcome along the way. To tell this story, we're hearing from local pioneers in the sport, people who lived and loved volleyball to its place today, in schools, on beaches, and at sporting events. Episode 4, Gender Roles in Play. Volleyball is very different today than when it was invented in the late 1800s. How so? The rules have changed, techniques have changed, strategy has changed. When volleyball was first developed, it began as just a fun pastime. It wasn't meant to be highly competitive, but recreational. The greatest obstacle was a certain amount of prejudice or bias by some individuals that said volleyball wasn't a sport. Bob Bratton, a longtime coach for the volleyball teams at the University of Calgary. There was a ladies' game. Itchy bitchy thing. That's they didn't didn't promote it as power volleyball. In the 50s and 60s, that was an attitude across Canada. I mean, it was played at the YMCA's as as a game. There were a few people that uh, played it competitively, but most players just it was just a recreational game. Itchy poo poo. Let's hit the ball and play. No real power. Because it wasn't seen as a powerful sport, lots of men overlooked it, unintentionally leaving space for women to give it a try. Remember, in the 1950s and 60s, girls' sport was an afterthought, usually with special rules. Women and girls weren't encouraged to get into physical activity, so volleyball offered an access point. A way to be on a sports team without having to be extremely physical, unlike basketball or baseball or hockey. Those people that said, oh, the girls are going to go and cheerlead. Teresa Maxwell, former volleyball player, varsity coach and administrator. You know, let's get involved. Volleyball is a great game to do this because you don't have to worry about being physically uh, in contact. And yeah, you have to be uh, physically fit and everything like that. But, you know, it's not necessarily the strongest physically person that's going to win, right? It's going to be who's ever smartest at the net, who can do this. Far more strategic game, which I think suits a lot of girls. Volleyball is a sport for most girls where they can be very highly competitive and physical and yet not be confrontational. This approachability meant that from the very beginning, there were far more females who got involved in volleyball than males. If boys did play volleyball, it tended to be their very last choice. The people that made the volleyball team were those that didn't make the basketball or field hockey or some of the other teams. But this would all change. It happened with some adjustments to the rules. The very dynamic of the game shifted. It translated into the speed of the game getting much faster and more intense. We'll detail the various rule changes on another episode of the podcast. Showcasing how these rule changes translated onto the court were a couple of foreign teams 
who visited Canada in the mid-60s. 65, when we toured Canada with the Russians and Americans, suddenly people could see the power game and the excitement of the game, and, and it just grew from there. When we started showing that there was a lot of power involved, uh, people got involved. More men started to take notice. Try out and join up with volleyball teams. It also drew women who had been more interested in intense contact sports up until then. Teresa Maxwell was one of them. She'd been playing basketball at the University of Calgary up until that point. It's just not very attractive to me and some of the other compet real competitive people. It wasn't until it became competitive that that group of people got involved. You know, like, let's get out there and hit the ball hard, play tough defense. Uh, we're playing specialized positions and not the little dresses and things that had been there, so. <laughs> and I don't mean that, you know, but that's the attitude that was there too. You know, help the serve across the net and wear a little dress. Was, that was not me, for sure. The coach for the Red Deer women's volleyball squad, Cor Auerkirk, remembers when the shift happened too. I was actually able to recruit one or two players that were gonna play basketball. We went undefeated, won the four West Championships in Winnipeg. The year after that, got a couple more girls that were uh, basketball players, but it ended up playing volleyball instead. But how the women and men were actually playing the sport developed differently. It had to, to play to their strengths. The men's game drew on the European style of play, dominated by power and physical strength, while the women's game pulled from the Japanese system, which emphasized flexibility and agility. It was no coincidence that women's volleyball flourished in Alberta following the Japanese coaches' visits to the Jasper Volleyball Camp, starting in the mid-1970s. Their presence encouraged, celebrated, and developed what only women could bring to the sport. But having men more involved in volleyball did impact the women in the sport. Competition opportunities and funding shifted. Teresa Maxwell remembers one time in particular when she was the president of the Alberta Volleyball Association in the 1980s. The government really liked us to play in the winter games because Alaska was going to be there and Yukon and the Northwest Territories and Alberta and Saskatchewan eventually became involved. The first time we were doing this, we had a girls and a boys team. Second winter games that came along, the government decided that there weren't uh, there wasn't enough interest in the girls' competition. That we, what we really wanted was some real strong boys' competition. So they sent us a little note and said, you know, they've decided to, to restrict the volleyball competition to boys only. I didn't even consult with the executive. It took me all of about five minutes to say, no, thanks. I get this phone call at the university. Mr. Dale Henwood would like to meet with you. Dale Henwood was with the Alberta Sport Council. Well, what's this about? Well, we just want to talk to you about volleyball. Well, his office is in Edmonton. So I went up there and he said something to the effect of, I understand that you're not going to send a boys team to the Winter Games. I said, no. He said, well, but we're giving you this sum of money, which was fairly large to, to do this. And I said, we would like to think that the organization supports both boys and girls. And if you don't want the girls in this competition, then the boys don't get to go. I'm sorry, that's the way it's going to be. He said, well, has this gone through your board? I said, the buck stops with me, Dale. I'm telling you, there will not be a boys team unless the girls go. 
uh, we're prepared to forego this amount of money. There was another week of flurry about what was happening and would we do this? Well, of course, if Albert is not going to be there with their boys team, then Alaska doesn't want to go because there's going to be not as much competition and the Yukon really wanted that kind of competition so they could show their athletes how much better and, and you know it was just a ripple effect so within a week I think some of the other areas that were beginning to question whether they would go and so all of a sudden they said yeah we'll have a girls and a boys competition I said fine we'll be there. I think that was a real accomplishment that we established fairly early that the competition the opportunities were going to be there for the girls and the boys. Teresa faced another situation when she worked with the National Volleyball Organization in the 1990s. The women's team had done well, but the men's team was the big push and it always annoyed me. At one point the men's team went into a huge deficit position. Enough of a deficit position that they, they thought of canceling the women's program because we need we, we were just so far in the hole. But this is Volleyball Canada. I just said, men's team created this problem, we'll cancel the men's team. Let the women play. Well, that was such a radical idea for so many people that they just couldn't believe it. So I don't believe that either team was canceled. We canceled some junior programs, but People might have said, oh, you're always always dealing with the women's issue. Hey, I'm not creating the women's issue, but let's give them an opportunity. Why are we canceling the women's program? Because the men don't know how to do their financial budgets. Give me a break. We wanted to make sure that our national women's team had the same kind of opportunities that the national men's team was having. So I tend to be a little bit of that egalitarian, you know, if there's going to be a program in volleyball, I felt that it should, there should be opportunities for girls and boys, and, or boys and girls, whichever. Thanks to the continued focus on equal opportunities for both men and women, boys and girls, the sport has grown to be one of a few in Alberta and Canada where there is space and respect for all players. And that can be seen in the large number of co-ed volleyball leagues in Alberta. Hugh Hoyles explains. And right now, co-rec co volleyball has taken over and a lot of adults are now playing the game on a recreational basis. There are more co-rec volleyball teams in the Edmonton Volleyball Association than there are men's and women's teams. A testament to how gender dynamics played out and how everyone was encouraged during the development of volleyball in Alberta. The story of how gender played during the development of volleyball in Alberta, told by the local pioneers of the sport. Just one of the 10 stories being explored on the Voices of Alberta Volleyball podcast. The music featured on this episode was by Music Comite. The song, Sweet Bombs. Next time on the podcast, the top five rule changes during the development of volleyball in Alberta. Volleyball Alberta History Project is generously supported by the Alberta Historical Resources Foundation and the Alberta Lottery Fund. A special thanks to Joelle Reiniger for getting this project started, conducting the interviews and compiling the history which this podcast is based on. Thanks for listening to Voices of Alberta Volleyball. 
presented by the Provincial Sport Association, Volleyball Alberta.